When you are in Christ, your spirit is brand new, it knows all things, and is fully mature. So then that needs to get translated to your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, so that this completeness, this maturity, this knowledge can actually become productive in your life. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and I pastor with Rodney Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Come on now. And we are on the move. And actually today, um, this episode I'm going to drop today is actually I just preached yesterday um, at our church, um, Kingdom Increase Church. And so... I want to jump right in. I don't actually, I don't typically do this. Um, if I had the appropriate equipment and the people I needed at the church to do it, I would record my services and then I would uh, break those down into podcasts, but I don't. And so I actually don't typically um, minister on the podcast what um, I've ministered at church, but this is, it's just, it's really um, burning in me right now. So I just felt the need to jump in here. And so if you will, if you have the opportunity, if not, you can just listen as I read and you can go back and check it out later. I'm going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation, uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you that there's life in your word. I thank you that your word is truly a lamp to our feet, giving us that next step and a light to our path to show us in which direction we're going. So I thank you that your word is a lamp for the here and the now, and it is a light for what's coming down the way. And I thank you that as we get into your word, at the entrance of your word comes light, comes revelation knowledge. Grant to us today a spirit of wisdom and revelation to truly grab a hold of this word and become one with it. Hallelujah. And I give you glory, Father, that everyone that listens will have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. <laughs> Come on now. I'm going to pretend like I heard you say that. Amen. Right? So I, I, I entitled this message equipped, equipped, simple enough. And the Lord began to speak to me about this just at the end of last week. And, and he just kind of opened, you know, some things uh, to me and I want to, I'm, I'm going to stay in that passage, but I want to read a couple verses also out of 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to read 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and verse 27. 
Out of the Amplified Classic, it says, but you have been anointed by, and you hold a sacred appointment from, and you have been given an unction from the Holy One, and you all know the truth, or you know all things. But as for you, the anointing, this is verse 27, the sacred appointment, the unction, which you received from him abides permanently in you. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you, but just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, so you must abide in, live in, and never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. And I want to look at that passage also in the New Living Translation. It's a little, a little shorter. First John chapter 2, verse 20. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know this truth. Verse 27. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Amen. Power, powerful, powerful scriptures. But I want to take that. And the reason I wanted to read both Amplify Classic and New Living Translation, to, and you may already know this, um, so it's not like I'm going to, you know, I may not be sharing some, again, dun, 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 you know, major revelation here, but I want you to grab a hold of what the Lord is trying to say to you today. So it, it tells that we've been anointed, right? We've received an unction. We've received the anointing. God instructs us um, through the Apostle John here. And that anointing is the Holy Spirit. In the New Living Translation, it lays that out. It says, you have received the Holy Spirit. So the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And in my introduction today, I, I said, when you are in Christ, your spirit is brand new and knows all things and is fully mature. That's what those verses say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and 27. That, you're, that you know you have the anointing. The Spirit lives in you, right? And the Spirit, that's what's been made brand. He that be in Christ is a new creation, right? Second Corinthians chapter 5 is a new creature, is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The New Living Translation, I think it says it this way. The old life is gone. And the new life has come, amen? Because you become a brand new creature. And what we are are spirits that have a soul and that are housed in a body, amen? And so our spirit is brand new. And according to the word of God, that spirit is perfect. That spirit is fully mature, brand new, and knows all things. That abides in you as a, a new person in Christ, right? As a true believer that has been born again, it requires you to be born, born again. Amen. And if you're truly born again, then your spirit's brand new, knows all things and is fully mature. Now where the crux comes is getting it translated from your spirit into your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions so that this newness, this completeness, this wholeness, this maturity, this knowledge can actually become productive in your life. Amen. 
And I think that it's important because I thought I never saw this connection um, before, or let me put it this way. I never connected 2 Kings 4 to 1 John 2, 20 and 27, um, but the Lord kind of gave me a different turn on it as he just kind of unfolded to him real quick. It's not like it took a long time um, for for him to do it. <clears throat> and so bear with me as, as I kind of pull this together. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me take a drink. As I kind of pull this together for um, this message here today, as I minister the word to you, I need you to get a hold of this. I know this is something that the Lord is just continuing to re- remind me of. Amen. And so you actually do have everything in you that you need to be successful, to be who you are in Christ, to do what he's called you to do and to have what he's paid for you to have. Amen. You actually have everything you need residing on the inside of you. Jesus, the word tells us that Jesus has um, deposited us. We have everything. We've been given everything that pertains to to life and godliness. It's already been given to us. The reality is, is that we have to get that translated from our spirit into our soul so that it actually becomes productive because that's what we're constantly in and working on the true salvation of our soul to get this, this the, our soul to that wholeness, to that completeness where uh, we're always in sync in our mind, our emotions, because things come, as you know, the, you know, emotions will come and go. Feelings will come and go, but you have to live out of your spirit, not out of your soul. But our daily job is to renew that soul, to renew our mind. Amen. Um, to the truth of God's word and what he says. And it is possible. This is why it is so important. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why anyone would want to argue about the whole concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that has its initial evidence in speaking in tongues. Because Jesus commanded it. And and, and, well, first of all, he says it in the Gospels, right? In, In Luke, he says, at the end of, of um, the gospel, Luke, he says, look, you need to, you remain, in, remain in the city until you receive the power from on high that the, uh, that I'm going to send you to the father's promise. And then Luke picks it back up by the inspiration of God, right? It's not Luke's words. It's God's word. Amen. In Acts chapter one. And he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Amen. And so it's important that we understand how the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, what it looks like, um, and that it's important for us to have that power. Because here's the way you're going to get it translated from your spirit into your soul is by praying in tongues. That's the way, right? Because the Holy Spirit is housed in, in your spirit, now you've been anointed and therefore you've been baptized in the spirit. So every fiber of your being is baptized into the power, right? It, you should drip and ooze, if you will, um, the, the spirit of God, right? And, and you should do that for sure. But deep cries unto deep. So the spirit of God speaks to our spirit and then when we ask and continue to pray in tongues, then the spirit of God will translate what he's spoken to our spirit, to our mind so that it can become productive in our life. Amen. 
because we don't know what the spirit is saying unless we have a translation of it, right? There has to be an interpretation of it. And so we've got to get from what, what the spirit is in first Corinthians chapter 14, it says several things that happen when we're praying and or speaking in tongues. One, we're magnifying, praising and thanking the Lord. Um, we're speaking mysteries, um, unto God, right? Um, and so these are things, they are a mystery. And in tongues, it's clear in 1 Corinthians 14. I mean, unless there's interpretation, you don't know, know what it is. So then it's going to remain a mystery. Well, we can't have instruction and direction from God to remain a mystery. We need to have the instruction and, and direction from God in our native language so we can understand <laughs> what we're supposed to do. Amen. But the key is, is we have to spend time there. One of the things I've found in today's world, and this is really true in the Western world, they're a little slower, take, take a little more time in certain parts of Europe. They don't get in such a big hurry, right? But in the Western world, it's nonstop, go all the time, go all the time, go all the time, go all the time. And people actually don't take the time they need with that one-on-one -on -one with God. And this is important because the anointing isn't just for what we would call spiritual things. It's also for natural things too. And this is where for years, many times, and some people are still like, they separate your, your church life, your Christian life from the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying that they become an utter heathen. I'm just saying like, you have to understand the anointing, the Holy Spirit is in you, not just so that you can minister to other people, but so that you can have the knowledge that you need to do what you need to do and be successful at it. Amen. You need power um, to um, in your life. You need to know what to do. For instance, in this story with this widow, she was a wife of a prophet. He was part of the school of the prophets that Eli one of the schools that Elisha had. He had more than one. I think it was three. I, I should have looked it up. I said this yesterday when I was preaching. Um, it, it may have been four, but I, I'm pretty sure it was three. And so her husband dies. He was a man of God. She said, you know that he feared the Lord. He was a man of God. He loved the Lord. He was a prophet. He obviously was not good at managing money because he left his wife and his family in debt when he died. So this was a mess that he got them into. She had no way to get them out because at that time there was no, she had no way of earning her own living of any fashion. And now the sons that she had that could help maybe earn a living, the, the, Creditors were actually going to come and take them, basically make them slaves to work off the debt that their father had. And so she was in an extremely desperate situation. So she didn't just need to come have that prophet uh, or she, you know, she didn't just need to go to that prophet and then have him just lay hands on her. Oh, father, I thank you that you're going to make it all work out. You know, and of course he wouldn't have said in Jesus name, but you know what I'm saying? Amen or whatever. And she didn't need that. She needed a practical solution to her problem because this was a practical problem. They were going to come and forcibly take her sons and make them slaves to pay for their father's debt. Okay. So she needed a natural practical solution. And so she needed the prophet's anointing for the wisdom in order to have a solution to this problem. This was a desperate situation. So she didn't actually have the anointing herself because in the Old Testament, nobody, the Holy Spirit didn't abide and live in people. Even the prophets were directed. The Spirit would come on them and he would direct them, but he did not live in them. 
We just read in 1 John chapter 2 that he lives in us. He abides in us. He resides in us. And he teaches us that we must remain in Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches us we must remain in Christ. Amen. And so the spirit resides in us. She didn't have access to that. So she needed the anointing that the prophet carried um, in order to get the answer that she needed. You and I have this anointing, living, abiding, remaining, residing within us. But what I find interesting is though, though she didn't have the anointing throughout the scriptures, oil represents the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the anointing. So something that just popped for me was that reality. Although she didn't have the anointing like we had it, she already had what she needed in her hand, in her house. It was the the oil, which represented the Holy Spirit, which represented anointing. But she had what she needed, but she didn't know that she had it. And then once she knew that she had it, she had to have instruction of what to do with it that could actually help her situation. Come on now. I'm speaking to you today. And this is for you too. You have the anointing. As a born again child of God, baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have the anointing. That oil, Holy Spirit, is living on the inside of you. You actually have what you need. I'm telling you today so you no longer have an excuse to say you didn't know it. But now you need to know what to do with that anointing, do with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to get the help you need in whatever situation or circumstance you're standing in, whatever circumstance and whatever you're believing God for, whatever you've been praying for. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He is the helper. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Let me look up something here real quick. Got to get to it. whatever reason my eyes must be scanning scanning over it so I'll go ahead and move on here because I don't want to quote it improperly I like how it says it in the Amplified Classic see it. And anyway, he is the helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper. And his manifestation isn't just to look spiritual, right? It's not just so you can, whatever, you know, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is always, always brings help. It always brings what you need. That's why many times what people call the Holy Spirit, I question because how did that help a person? 
Now, I know that God is extravagant, so I'm not, I'm not questioning that. But like I know that when the Holy Spirit hits somebody with, with the oil of joy and they begin to laugh and laugh and laugh, like that's doing something. You know that it is because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you can always tell it when somebody comes out of that. Like something has changed. Now now their perspective is different. Now they have new life. Now they have new hope. Now their faith has gone um, to another level. Amen. When the Holy Spirit begins to work in the gifts of healing, you know it because people are healed. When the, when the Holy Spirit begins to, to, to operate in the working of miracles, you know it because a miracle is performed, right? When the Holy Spirit... Um, it begins to operate in prophecy. You you get the will of God and, and, and now people got to do something with it, right? When the Holy Spirit begins to operate in a word of knowledge, you know it because that person's eyes, well, they may not look at, but you could, if you're the one ministering that word of knowledge, boy, they come alive like, whoa, wait a minute. How did they know that, right? And so there's evidence in it. And so the Holy Spirit isn't just to look spiritual, to sound spiritual. His manifestation always brings help. It always brings what you need. And that anointing abides inside of you. Like I've always heard Pastor Rodney Howard Brown say for years, the anointing is the equipment that you need to get the job done. And that's just not for you to use for everybody else. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. So we don't separate out the spiritual from the natural. You've got the spiritual help that you need in the Holy Spirit to help you in your natural life. God wants to see you succeed. God is speaking to you. God gives you his word to direct your feet and to show you the path that is ahead of you. And then he's given you the spirit to translate, you know, from what the word of God says to you so that it can become real to you. Now, how is that going to work practically in your life? Amen. And so you have the equipment that you need. His name is Holy Spirit. Amen. And that equipment works not just spiritually, but that spiritual equipment works to better your natural life. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God came you to give you not just eternal life, which is spiritual, but also abundant life, which is natural. It's spiritually natural, if that makes sense, right? If we, our life in Christ doesn't just remain in the ethereal realm of theory, amen? It, there's a reality to it. There has to be tangible manifestation of the goodness and the power of God operating in our lives. And that is evident through the anointing, not just how we can help others, but how the anointing actually helps us to live it out ourselves, amen? Hallelujah. You are equipped. And just like this widow woman back here in second Kings did not know she actually contained and had what she needed in her house to answer, to be the answer to her question. I need you to know today that you have the answer to your problem, to your obstacle, to your mountain abiding on the inside of you. It is the anointing. It is the Holy spirit. You now know it. Now what you need to figure out is how that's going to translate in practical um, steps of instruction and direction for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. Somebody ought to get excited. I get so excited. So one, you have to understand you are equipped. You have what you need. You just need to know what to do with it. Amen. 
Spiritually, you have the Holy Spirit. And we're told in the epistles that um, we've been given all, all blessings in the spiritual realm, right? All blessings, everything we have. We are citizens of heaven. And in the spiritual realm, we have all blessings. That means we have to translate that, that those blessings from the heavenly realm down to the natural realm. Amen. We are blessed and you are equipped. You already have what you need. You just need to know what to do with it. And understanding that you, that what you need is the Holy Spirit. He's there. And then the Holy Spirit, the anointing will teach you what you need to know. That's what Jesus said. He said, well, you know, when, when the spirit comes, um, he'll remind you of everything I told you. He'll teach you all truth and he'll show you things which are to come. And then this is reiterated by the Apostle John. God reiterates in the Apostle John in the first epistle of John that the anointing, you've been anointed. You've got the unction of the Holy Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit. He abides in you and you know all things. And if you'll pay attention to what he's teaching you, then you understand that you must abide in Christ, right? So the Holy Spirit, the anointing will teach you what you need to know. And so for you to grab a hold of this basically is going to require a mindset change, a change of perspective. Instead of looking at everything, well, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I gosh, I, how many times I've said that? And, and now it makes me puke. I just won't even say that anymore, right? Actually, my mind may not know what to do, but my spirit knows what to do. I've been given the mind of Christ. So I'm asking, this is, this is where I've come to. I've got this. So Holy Spirit, I need you to translate the knowledge that is in my spirit into my mind so it can become productive. I need to know what to do practically. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. And your perspective has to change. It's not that you don't know what to do. You just need it translated. You need the Holy Spirit to interpret to your mind what your spirit already knows. So if you change your attitude, if you change your mindset, change your perspective about this, then every challenge actually becomes an opportunity for promotion. Every challenge will become an opportunity for promotion. When many times our perspective is every challenge is our defeat, right? Oh boy, here we go again, you know? And so we can't look at it that way. We have to change our perspective because you are equipped. You have the Holy Spirit, the anointing. And the Holy Spirit will teach you what you need to know. But you got to take some time with him to get that, right? Number two, you actually have to shut out doubt and unbelief. One of part of the instruction that the prophet Elijah gave this widow is that I want you to send your sons and borrow as, as many vessels, empty vessels as you can find. Didn't matter whether they were big, small, it, it, it didn't matter. He said, borrow. And he said, and I'm not talking a few. You get all the empty vessels your neighbors have. And then he said, go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. You have to shut out doubt and unbelief. And sometimes that means people. 
You have to shut people out of your life. You have to shut out doubt and unbelief. And sometimes that means people because the oil won't flow in the midst of doubt and unbelief. Consider Jesus, right? When he went into his own hometown, he said he, he wasn't really able to do much anything there. He said he was able to heal just a few people that had some few minor ailments because they didn't believe in him. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown with his own people. There was no, there was, there was unbelief. The oil won't flow in the midst of doubt and unbelief, right? God also tells us that as, as he's instructing Timothy through Paul. And he says, look, is that, is that the right thing? No, that's, that's James. That's not, that's not Paul. James tells us that, right? <laughs> how, how come all of a sudden, do you guys ever have that where you, your, your, um, you, you, your brain goes into freeze mode for whatever reason? <laughs> yeah, it, it's in James, right? I don't know why I thought it was Paul and Timothy. And he tells us, he tells tells us, God tells us, he says, look, if you need wisdom, to me, wisdom, everything that you really need is found in that, right? The instruction that you need, the direction you need, the understanding that you need to fulfill the instruction and the direction, right? All of that is found in wisdom. He said, just ask me, I'll give it to you, but you better not come to me double-minded because anybody that comes double-minded is he's unstable. And don't even think that if you come to me double-minded, you're going to get what you ask for. So the oil won't flow in the midst of doubt and unbelief. So you have to shut out doubt and unbelief. And many times that means people, people in your life. If you're many, many people are stuck where they are in their life because the people that are in their life right now cannot go with them to the next level. There will be no multiplication. There will be no increase coming in their life until they separate themselves from the people that are in their life. Some people just can't go to the next level with you. And that's the reality of it. You have to shut out doubt and unbelief because the oil won't flow in the midst of doubt and unbelief. Number three, you have to put your oil or you have to pour your oil out into other vessels. You can't be stingy. And too many times, people want to hold on to everything they have. And I'm not just talking, you know, like money or, or stuff. But even your anointing, what you know, the knowledge you've been given, the wisdom you've been given, the experience God has given you and the wisdom that has come with that, according to what the word of God says, you need to share the good news of Christ also with other people right? Freely you have received, freely give was Jesus's instruction to the disciples, not just the 12, to all of them that were following them. There, it's our instruction today. Freely you have received, freely you have given. Nothing else is going to flow into your life until you, until you start pouring out what you have and what you know. Well, I don't really know much. Well, you know that Jesus saved your soul. You know that you were a rotten sinner before that. You know you were on a straight path to hell before that and God saved you and he changed you and, and he's been good to you. You know that. So start telling other people. If you use this anointing 
to pour out into other people, to help other people, then your oil will keep multiplying. But when you stop pouring, the oil stops flowing. When you stop pouring, the oil stops flowing. And that's not only bad and hurtful for others, that's bad and hurtful for you. Because when oil just sits there and never gets used, it goes rancid and it is nasty. Nothing like rancid oil. What a stench that gives off. Whew. So you actually have to pour your oil out into others. Take what you do have. And here's the reality why a lot of times people don't grow in the relationship with the Lord because what they do know and what they know about the Lord and where the relationship is, they never tell anybody else about it. And so they just become stagnant, stale, rancid. But as long as you continue to pour out what you have, then the oil will keep multiplying. Look. My life is a prime example of that. Gosh, dang. I don't even, people had to recognize the anointing because when I started out, I mean, before I ever even knew I was called into full-time ministry, I mean, I I would do Bible studies and and all these kinds of things. And and people just last, they were hungry and I was hungry and I was burning, even though I didn't really understand any of that stuff back then. I didn't know anything real about the fire of God. I knew very little about the Holy Spirit. I've said this before and laughed many times when I've been ministering. The only thing I ever knew by the, about the Holy Spirit growing up in the church I grew up in, the only time I ever heard about the Holy Spirit was when we sang the doxology in the very last line, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's the only thing I ever heard. I didn't know anything about, about that. And so pretty much everything I ever heard was a plain and simple salvation message. And you better be prepared because Jesus is coming soon. I didn't know much uh, anything else. But man, when I began to learn about the spirit, man, I got hungry and the fire of God began to burn in me. And that was attracted to other people that were like me that had never really heard about the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, but man, I was ignorant, you know, and some, like they say, zeal. Zeal without knowledge can be a little dangerous. I'm so thankful the Lord never set me in front of a bunch of people uh, um, at that time, right? And even over the last 12 years that I've been in full-time ministry, I'm really, really thankful that that my lack in knowledge that I didn't have was not displayed in front of a bunch of people. That could have been really, really disastrous. And so I'm thankful that the Lord, you know, has taught me along the way, Um. But the reality was, is that I was pouring out what I did have. And then along the way, the Lord had to correct me, instruct me. Many times he's had to rebuke me and reprove me in in situations and circumstances. And so, and that's just part of, of it. But I wanted to give people what I had. I want people to know who I know, right? And, and so that is that I can say the reason I am who I am today and what and why when people get around me and, and I'm ministering a word to them, um, like they're drawn in by that. I didn't used to be that way. Right. But the more you pour out, the more your oil multiplies, the greater level of authority you begin to carry in the spirit realm, the greater measure of power begins to flow through you because the more you pour it out, the more it multiplies. And that's not only just going to help others, but it's going to help you. But if you stop pouring, the oil stops flowing. And number four, your oil 
the anointing in you will always hear me out now. I'm talking about you being equipped. One, you're equipped. You, you are. Whether you think you are or not, I want you to say right now where you are, I am equipped. Two, you have to shut out doubt and unbelief. Three, you have to pour your oil out into other vessels. And as you pour your oil out, then the oil will continue to multiply in your life. And number four, your oil, the anointing in you will always be enough to solve every problem, move every mountain, overcome every obstacle for as long as you live, if you keep pouring. And the oil will sustain you. The anointing will always be more than enough. They came to the end of the vessels. The oil stopped flowing. But can I tell you that when the oil was flowing and what they got out of that was enough to not only pay off the debt but for them to live on for the rest of their life. The oil, the anointing is always more than enough. And as long as you keep pouring, you will always have more than enough within you to solve every problem, move every mountain and overcome every obstacle. Hallelujah. This is spiritually and naturally because the anointing isn't just for some spiritual display. Amen. It is to manifest itself in the natural, in your natural life, in, in this earthly life that you live in, in the natural realm of your life. You are equipped. And you as a born again believer in Christ, your spirit is brand new, complete, whole, knows all things and is fully mature. Now you need to take some action, start praying in tongues and ask the spirit of God as you're praying in tongues to begin to interpret to you what you need to know to bring you the instruction, the precise instruction that you need so the word of God can become productive in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me one more time. I am equipped. Come on one more time. I am equipped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you so much for every person that will listen to this podcast. I pray Lord that this will become their declaration, whatever it is, wherever their lane is in life and, and where you have them and whatever work you have them doing and, and to help with the increase in the kingdom. And Father God, I pray that they would grab a hold of this uh, truth that they are equipped, that the Holy Spirit is their helper. He abides in them and he is just waiting for them to reach out and ask for help, ask for instruction. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Well, I love y'all. I'll drop a new one come Wednesday. Bye-bye.